Hello and welcome to the UCL News Podcast. I'm George. And I'm Claire. On this week's show, we've got the Petrie Museum's Tracy Golding talking about some of their most famous exhibits. And we also chat to Nick Shepley from the UCL English Department about the upcoming One Day in the City London Literary Festival. We do indeed. And we've also got Henry with us in the podcast today to tell us more about the 2012 Awards for Enterprise. So welcome back, Henry. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's good to have you back. Feels like ages since you last popped in. It's too long. It's good to be back. So, can you tell us more about these awards? Well, the UCL Awards for Enterprise took place last night uh, in the UCL's theatre here in Bloomsbury. And they were to celebrate everything entrepreneurial, which has been happening here on campus. So that's everything from academics commercialising research to students and recent graduates wearing to set up their own businesses. Sounds great. So the big question, what did they win? Well, George, the award saw £100,000 of funding announced for a dozen of the most promising businesses started by students and recent UCL graduates. And these ideas range from animated ads for bikes uh, to a new website called Help You Apply, which does what it says on the tin, really. Uh, And it's to help streamline the process for students to apply for summer internships. Sounds really good. So was there anything else announced? Well, a new Olympics-inspired initiative for 2012 was announced, uh, and that's a new UCL Sports Stars bursary uh, for budding sportsmen and women who are studying at UCL and uh, who also compete at international level in their chosen sport. And the idea behind the bursaries is to enable 75 athletes over the next three years to reach their world-class potential, uh, with the aim uh, to draw parallels between the qualities that are needed in world-class sport and also entrepreneurship. So that's qualities like dedication, commitment, perseverance, and of course the benefits of high-quality training and support. Well, it sounds like it was a really good event and really nice to see entrepreneurship being nurtured at UCL. And there's also going to be a blog post about the event last night appearing very soon. So look out for that. So from business to butterflies, the stunning patterns that adorn the wings of butterflies have long been a mystery. But a new study from scientists at UCL and Cambridge has shed some light on how butterflies inherit the bright patterns. Looking at the genome sequence of the postman butterfly, the team found that the butterflies use a very rare technique to exchange genetic material. By interbreeding in order to copy the wing patterns of other butterflies who have successfully avoided predation, butterflies can improve their chances of survival significantly faster than by traditional means of evolution, which are much, much slower. So the study was a massive international collaboration of butterfly enthusiasts from across the world and is the first proof of the important role of hybrids in the origins of biodiversity. Yep, it's a really visual story and we've got some amazing images of the different butterfly patterns on our website if you go and have a look. Um, And it's not just the butterflies that are stimulating our visual senses this week. Um, Vernacular, a new exhibition at the UCL Art Museum opened um, and started as a challenge to all students at the UCL Slade School of Fine Art to develop their own practices while taking the time to consider and appreciate what has gone on before. Students were invited to produce new artworks in response to past masters. Um, So created using a range of media, including painting, print, sound and video, the exhibition contains the work of 12 Slade students, all of whom have reinterpreted past masters to create individual and contemporary works. The exhibition, which can be found in the South Cloisters, runs until the 8th of June and admission is free. 
And we've also got both the final Slade shows coming up soon with the BA BFA Fine Arts Show running from Saturday the 19th of May to Thursday the 24th and the MA MFA show running from Saturday the 9th of June to Thursday the 14th of June. Both the shows are in the quad and also the Slade and the mission again is free. So that's all the news for this show, but stay tuned to hear Tracy Golding, the Visitor Services Officer at the Petrie, talk about ancient Egypt, Sudan and some of the wonderful antiquities tucked away in the museum. But first, London has always played an important role in the literary world. And to celebrate this, Nick Shepley and colleagues from the UCL Department of English have organised One Day in the City on 15th of June. Featuring Man Booker Prize winners A.S. Byatt and Alan Hollinghurst and also Will Self, the festival includes readings, talks and debates, along with two exhibitions at the UCL Art Museum and South Cloisters. Tickets are free, so sign up and get them while you can. Uh, hi, I'm Nick Shepley. Uh, I'm a teaching fellow in the English Department in Modern British and American Literature, which basically means I teach anything post-1890. And one of my uh, big tasks this year has been organising the UCL Festival of London mm. Literature one day in the city. So this is kind of the first time that an event like this has been organised at UCL. Um, can you tell me what, what made you decide to establish a festival like this? Uh, yeah, the idea came actually just chatting with my wife after dinner and there was a lot of negativity in the air. Um, I guess the backdrop was that arts and humanities were having quite a lot of funding cuts. Uh, student fees were just spiking. Um, and at the same time, London was, was getting a hard time. There were uh, student riots and there were obviously the riots on the streets as well. And so that was really the idea to try and celebrate London and, and highlight some of the fascinating and thought-provoking work that was happening within UCL and other universities. Yeah, it sounds really fantastic. And um, so something which I seem to, I've seen, you know, by looking at some of the events is how many of the events actually on the day are at UC, are UCL, but also at kind of neighbouring institutions like the British Museum. So why did you feel it was important to have an assortment of venues close to each other? One of the ideas was to to open up more buildings and particularly um, at UCL we're incredibly fortunate to have these amazing buildings and to have some amazing institutions uh, near us with the British Museum and uh, Senate House and one of the things that had always fell into the trap of was not walking into these places and not realising that they were open to the general public and um, being somewhat intimidated by them and so the idea was to try and um, bring a broader audience into these quite intimidating and yet iconic London venues. So could you tell me something about some of the authors you have speaking at the festival? Yep, so um, we're incredibly lucky. We've got the Booker Prize winners A.S. Byatt and Alan Hollinghurst who are coming in the evening to do uh, a conversation with our own professor and head of department here, John Mullen. Then we have Will Self, um, famous as a novelist and as a social commentator. Sounds lo lovely. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on during the day, a lot of fantastic events. Um, but can you pick out some of the most interesting readings and, and panel discussions for me? We've got uh, Hugo Spears, um, who is a neuroscientist in, the, in UCL 
um, who is joining up with Will Self and Sebastian Gross, who's a literary critic at Roehampton. Um, and that's, that's a really unusual one in that Hugo has done uh, some uh, studies of Will Self's brain uh, in relation to London streets and he's done some work on um, black cabbie drivers as well. And uh, Sebastian has done work on uh, Will Self's fiction and all three are going to be there. But the other interesting one is the debate. There'll be a sort of debate on living and writing in London, uh, which will have a range of uh, poets and uh, novelists discussing sort of how London has been an inspiration for their writing, discussing inspirational writing about London, and sort of just sharing a slightly more informal, light-hearted take on the importance of London, which sort of brings us back to to what the day was set out to be, which is really bringing a broad group of the public into quite intimidating venues with what could be quite intimidating research, but actually putting it there in a, in a really exciting, accessible way. My name is Tracy Golding. I'm the Visitor Services Officer at the Petrie Museum of Egyptian and Sudanese Archaeology. And basically my role involves um, welcoming, um, greeting and helping visitors, all visitors on site. So we have a, what is described as a pot barrel in the museum. Um, so it could be under 5,000 years old, um, just over, not quite sure. Um, but in the 1960s, a student here at UCL studied the skeletal remains and it was determined it was a male. It has gone from male to female, but it's, it, it's believed to be a male. And um, when alive, he was an impressive six foot tall. So when I learnt about the Egyptians, um, I thought like the Tudors, they were quite tiny. But forgetting Egypt is in Africa, looking at the population as a whole, it's not too surprising that he was that tall. And he is in a pot, uh, two halves, egg, it's like a massive egg shape. Um, and despite how it looks, he was actually from a very, a very wealthy family because in the case containing um, the pot and the skeleton, you have a clear box which contains fragments of skin and clothing. Uh, from the skeleton, so that tells us that he was dressed in a fine tunic perhaps soon after death prior to burial. And it's estimated that his age at death was 20 to 25, which of course by our standards is very early, but not by those in the ancient world. So I think one of the amazing things about this collection is, um, as I said, you're looking at a, a long, a vast period of time, but also it's interesting when you get um, students from various dif disciplines come in, um, even academics, professionals, non-professionals, and they look at the material in a different way. So for example, the pot burial, we've had an artist in um, um, several years back, and he looked at the skeletal remains, particularly the, the face and the cheekbones, and he suggested, because there were so high that they're very similar to um, someone from Sudan today and I had never really noticed that but he actually sh um, showed me and I, I thought yes I completely agree and so it's really nice to have different um, opinions um, conversations because you learn so much about the material that's on display and you open it up so it, it's really wonderful. <laughs>